You're listening to When Christians Speak Online Talk Radio, broadcasting out of the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Today's voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. When Christians Speak is dedicated to lifting up the name of Christ Jesus and spreading the good news. Adoration is defined as an intense admiration of the Lord Jesus Christ, culminating in our reverence and worship of Him. Our broadcast is dedicated to exploring the many ways we show our adoration in prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, praise, worship, dance, song, missions, outreach, and Bible study. In adoration, we come before our Lord to have frank and compelling conversation with believers who embody the act of uncompromising appreciation for how the Lord provides for us and to reverence the very essence of who he is. We invite our listeners to sojourn with us to the throne of grace each month and continue to draw nigh to our Savior in love through our adoration. Pastor P.M. Smith 
and also to Sister Dolores and Sister Winnie. You all uh, made our experience so great. And then to even afterwards extend an invitation for us to come every third uh, week of May going forward. So we are excited for the union that we are building. I also want to uh, give thanks for all the people who have made contributions, uh, whether it be household items or toys and other different uh, necessities that we were able to ship this past weekend over to Chiquimula, Guatemala, ahead of the trip that my organization is taking there in June. So we were able to ship quite a few items, and I'm still getting more items that I'll probably just take with me when I leave. Uh, but I just wanted to extend a heartfelt thanks to the many people at Cone Resnick who uh, not only raised money to help us make this trip a reality, but also provided so many uh, items that we were able to ship, and to our very special friends at Transportes uh, Zuleta, who has been dealing with our uh, shipping needs for the last several years. You've always made it uh, very easy for us to be able to get items from the U.S. to various places in Central America. So for that, we are very appreciative. Now, tonight, I want to acknowledge that we have a special thing going on um, in Panama and Venezuela where we have um, families that are participating on this call who are actually using what is normally their devotion time to be able to just listen to the uh, interview that we're going to have with uh, Pastor Adam. And so without further ado, I want to just, in, uh, first of all, just thank you all so much for uh, devoting this hour of worship to uh, be with us. Likewise, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that things that are said in conversation, that you will receive them in love and in encouragement and in compassion as our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ would have us to do. And also for all those and all the other 300 countries that are represented uh, this evening, we praise God for your attention and for your listenership. And likewise to all of you all who are in the chat room, thank you so much uh, for just taking this program, Adoration, and just making it just a great, great, great opportunity to witness our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, without further ado, um, we have a special, special, special guest, and I'm going to just spend a moment to just tell you a little bit about him and then give him an opportunity to fill in the blanks uh, that I may not have touched on. So, Tonight we have with us Pastor Adam Nathanson, and Pastor Adam has been doing missionary work for quite a few years now, uh, specifically going to Caracas, Venezuela. Uh, he first visited that area uh, by way of Grace Bible Fellowship over 20 years ago, and he never imagined that God would call him to begin full-time ministry there with his family. Um, he pastors a church of over 100 members meeting weekly with many Bible studies throughout the week, and they are a satellite church for Bible college and has had several students who have graduated, and the group continues to grow. Pastor Adam and his team have several community outreaches, including work revitalizing and evangelizing local neighborhood parks. Now, that's what's been written on paper, but now my 
introduction of Pastor Adam. It's a little bit more personal. We met uh, for the first time this past March at Colonial Baptist Churches. Uh, they're also their 17th annual mission conference. And we were able to connect at our display tables, and we uh, generated a dialogue. And as you can tell, I can talk, and believe me, Pastor Adam can talk too. So through all that conversation, we were able to exchange information, and we have been in touch uh, periodically ever since March. Um, when I invited him to be a part of this broadcast, he was more than willing. And so without further ado, I introduce you all to Pastor Adam Nathanson. Pastor Adam, how are you this evening? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure and a joy to be here to the, together with you in this uh, listening audience. Wonderful, wonderful. You would, know, would you uh, mind, Brother Mac, if I greeted the people in Venezuela and Panama in Spanish? Would that be okay? That would be perfect. Great. Dios le bendiga mis hermanos en Panamá o en Venezuela que están escuchando este programa radial por internet. Los quiero mucho, eh, 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 los aprecio y que Dios continúe usando sus vidas eh, en el país que estén. Dios le bendiga y muchas gracias. And basically, I just said to the people listening in Spanish, may God bless you and thank you for listening, uh, wherever you may be um, listening to this program. Amen. Amen. So um, one of the motivating factors for me having you on is in the midst of our conversation back in March, you uh, expressed to me how uh, you grew up in the Baltimore area um, right. and extended from the Baltimore area to Venezuela. And I just want you to take a moment to just uh, explain or to share that journey in any way that you are so led. Well, um, you know, um the calling of God is a high calling, and um, no one's really prepared to begin that journey unless you're drawn to him. And uh, I guess the Lord used sports in my life uh, to draw me to him and to get to know him through other friends that were uh, soccer players. And uh, it all began through sports, and and that's why I... And I love to see um, professional sports people talk about Christ in, in their professional sports and in their circles of people. And uh, it can influence, you know, young people the way I was influenced by a professional uh, soccer player. And I thank the Lord for that. And um, that's how it began. And then, you know, they invited me to a youth group. And, and then it was so funny in 1986, turning 18, uh, the church was going to Caracas, Venezuela for one-week short-term missions. And um, they, did, they had 20 Americans going, all from Baltimore, at 10,000 tracks. They bought their ticket, and they didn't have one person who spoke Spanish. <laughs> okay. So long story short, they had to ask permission from my mom. They had to ask permission from my public school because I was going to miss a week. And, um, and of course, they, they paid for my ticket to go with them. And so that was my experience of uh, short-term missions being an interpreter on my first, you know, first trip in Caracas, Venezuela, not knowing that some 20 years later I would be traveling there and to live there. That's incredible. That's incredible. So... Between that initial introduction and when you launched out into full-time ministry, just just tell us um, how how did the Lord how did how did you come to have relationship with the Lord and 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 how did you know that 
eventually that this full-time mission opportunity was going to be part of your life purpose? Um, you know, I, um, again, I had never planned to do this uh, for a, let's say, a, a life career. It never been in my, um, wasn't in the cards, it wasn't in the plans. Never met anybody that did this in my circle of friends or family. It was just um, through the same church that started the work. They, they continued in 86 and 87 and 88 um, each year in January to visit Venezuela. So I went on one more trip, and then someone else went as an interpreter for the third one. But um, what had happened was is the pastor said, if we're going to be going to Venezuela, we should learn Spanish and we should also learn what it's like to work with Spanish people. We should uh, get to know their culture and learn their food and see if we can't build uh, some bridges between us and them so that when we go to Caracas, we can have more things in common. And so we decided to go to um, Hyattsville, Maryland, right outside of, right outside of D.C., Washington, D.C., and we started to work with the Spanish people there and working with the children, Bible clubs and VBS and things like that, youth groups. And we started connecting with the youth and the kids and then the families. Then we started to open up Bible studies with them and do events with them. So we eventually built a church there in Hyattsville, Maryland. Um, And the interesting thing about that was that that was the how it all began. Um, we started doing it on a weekly basis. It was our outreach from Baltimore to Washington, D.C. every week. And that okay. started to build experience, started to produce um, know-how. Plus, I had to study in Spanish, you know, to teach the classes to the kids that didn't speak English. And so that began that whole, whole thing of comparing the English Bible to the Spanish Bible, words I didn't know in Spanish had to be studied and, you know, looked up. So that all of this was a journey that I, I never expected would land me overseas. You know, I'm thinking it's an outreach, it's local, but I need to go to college to make money and, you know, make a living. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, None of that was connected to, you know, um, going overseas. But little did I know, it seems like, and I always call this God's back door. And I don't know if anyone's ever experienced that, but God has a way of leading you one way. And then that opens up other doors that you would least expect. But because we took the steps of faith and we learned how to, we had a team of 20 of us, by the way. I wasn't by myself. 20 of us, you know, learning Spanish, speaking in, with the Spanish community, working with them, preparing our lessons for them. Um, this is uh, all the ways that they became tools in my hands, and it started to form the mindset of, um, of um, you know, of becoming a missionary. But I never called it that, and I didn't know that's what it was going to end up being. So it was a way, it was a backdoor. It was a way that God did a backdoor on my life and brought me full circle into learning that and seeing that everything that I was doing on the weekends actually was the preparation and the experience that I needed to live overseas. Praise God. You know, um, as you were sharing, uh, Pastor Adam, it, it took me back to my my own introduction into um, international missions. Um, mm-hmm. For many years, I, you know, was on the streets uh, in the Washington D.C. area, uh, for the right. most part, and um, also in Baltimore. And um, I really, really enjoyed the opportunity to be able to witness uh, in the, on the street in prisons and halfway houses and and the like. But Mm -hmm. at a certain point, uh, I just felt like there was something more that the Lord had for me, and I really didn't know what it was until I was invited uh, to actually go on a 
uh, music missions uh, trip to uh, what eventually would be Congo. And um, it was when I got to the Congo that I realized that my life would never be the same again, that I, I figured it out at last that the Lord had taken me through all these different experiences, being out there working with the homeless, working in prison ministry and things of that nature, and, and also in music ministry as well as a worship leader and musician mm-hmm. and even a composer. And all of that was really to get me to the mission field where I found my life purpose. And, it right. was, again, similar to you, it was I wasn't – I didn't know what uh, it was that I was uh, supposed to do, but I knew it was something more than what I was doing. Right. Right. Yeah, it's so. amazing how God <laughs> builds us. Isn't it true? He He builds that um, capacity in us, and, and yeah. we're not really expecting it. Yes. Now, I will tell you that... Um, our producer for this evening, uh, Reverend Pat Randall, she will not be pleased with me if I did not ask you this next question um, because it's one thing, Pastor Adam, if you're the one uh, going alone to, to do these things overseas, but you have the support and the participation of your beloved wife, Diana, your son, Daniel, and David. And right. so how, how does that work? For those that are listening, you know, how do you encourage family to be 100% participants in this ministry and just to go where you go and, and, and to, to serve as you serve, as you follow the Lord and they are following you. How does – explain that to me, because there are many people who are really interested in doing what you do, and maybe they don't have the same support from their family. Right. Well, um, I wish I could say it was a secret of some sort, but um, one thing that Diane and I um, came up with or saw very clearly was when our, when our boys were four and seven, um, when the boys were four and seven, it, it made for a good time to make a move as far as moving into another country. Um, because we both we both learned uh, being educators that kids learn quicker when they're when they're younger, and the the children are much more flexible than let's say a young adult you know fifteen sixteen seventeen years of age. And so what we did was that we decided to go at that time because the kids were small enough and young enough to adjust and learn another language. And um, be able to grow up in in that culture, and um, um, we saw that because my wife and I, before we had kids, we were living in Brazil, and our missionary family that was our host there, they had young kids and they raised their children up in the culture as little you know little kids, and four, five, six, seven eight years of age and that made all the difference in the world compared to sadly sometimes when we hear of you know situations where the the teenage child or the teenage uh, uh, person doesn't really want to conform to the decisions of the parents because they're older you know they're, they're they're older and 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 they're not as flexible as the kids okay so I think I, I, I wish I could say it was a secret thing that we did, something that no, but I, I think it was something that first of all the kids just followed the parents and we got them at a good age because 
you know, they learned Spanish by themselves with the other kids playing with them. And they were much more flexible to, okay, where's mom and dad going, you know? And <laughs> one, one thing that we made very clear to them right from the beginning, even as young as seven and four, and they understood it, was they were part of our work. Okay. Like, they weren't like an addendum, like, oh, yeah, by the way, and the kids, no. They were part of it. They they became, you know, my Daniel became uh, the deacon of the chairs because we had to set up chairs on Sunday. Amen. And then David became the deacon of the of the of the song sheets, you know, and <laughs> and they kind of took it on seriously to the point where I have to be a little bit. I have to share a little funny story. One day our church was growing and and the adults the the men started putting the chairs out quicker and faster. And that night, my one boy was upset because he looked at me and goes, I said, why are you upset? He goes, because those men took my job away. (laughs) 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 You know, he said they were taking his job away. He wasn't he wasn't any longer the deacon of the chair. Oh, my. Oh, my. (laughs) So but for for a five year old, it was a big deal. And they were a part of everything. And that's the key. I think if there is a key or any, you know, any insight into all this is that anything that we did, we let everyone know that we're coming with our kids, that our kids were not a bother. And that, um, and of course, in the Latin American culture, kids are loved everywhere. Praise God. Praise God. So I don't know if that answered the question, but I hope it gave some insight on how we did that. Yes, it actually does. Um, um, I think that uh, many times we make mistakes where we're not um, involving the family and and just sharing the vision that the Lord has placed upon us uh, for ministry and and for a way of life. And Mm -hmm. sometimes because of those, uh, communication barriers, uh, sometimes we can actually um, separate ourselves from the family and the family then sees the the life work of the Lord as competition mm-hmm. as, a, as opposed to being a, a, a point of unity. There you go. Yeah. Amen. It, Amen. And it, <laughs> Is it easy to do ministry with the family? It's always going to have its struggles. I guess one thing that we saw very clearly was um, we started having church in our apartment building, in our apartment. And um, so the kids became in charge of, um, in our apartment building in Venezuela, you have to go through five locked doors to get to our apartment. And um, so the kids became like the doormen, let's say. They became you know, the people that go down two flights of stairs and receive the people outside, bring them up, greet them. So that became their everyday or every weekend work, job, and that was part of it. But we started to see when you start putting 20 people in your apartment, five or six of them are kids, it can get hectic. Okay. And that kind of pressure and that kind of thing is what brought us to like the realization we need to take the church outside of our home, you know? Okay. And, and so those kind of things are realizations of, wow, having a family and doing ministry is not easy, you know? Um, And sometimes our kids were sick and, and we have the church service in the apartment. And so all these things brought us to certain realities that, you know, we have to have a strong family and, and strong. um, And also, uh, for me, being able to see, hey, family first, and so I need to find a church building or a rent rental hall somewhere so that my family can, you know, have their rest time as well. Okay. You know, I was thinking, uh, Pastor Adam, um, uh, as you were sharing, uh, another thought popped into my mind, and that thought is, can you share with us the – the differences uh, between the ministry that you were doing while in Brazil compared to Venezuela? Right. Oh, sure. Yeah. 
um, when we were in Brazil, we were just out of Bible school, and we were just married in 1993, so we spent um, eight months in Baltimore after getting married, the, basically the year of 1994, and the Brazilian uh, church invited us to go and help them start up a Bible school. And so we, um, being eight months married, we, we traveled to... Um, to Brazil, and um, we helped this church start a Bible school, and um, we were able to get 50 students come into the school and work through the curriculum, and our focus, not having children, was that we had to teach classes in Portuguese, of course, organize a Bible school, and, and keep it going, and so, um, you know, being, sing, uh, being, you know, a couple without kids, we were able to really um, work that and, you know, go uh, put along long hours into curriculums and, t- and teaching teachers and helping with tools and books and so forth and so on. And um, so our focus was these 19, 20, 21, 22-year-old, um, you know, young adults focused on ministry through the teaching of the Word of God. Amen. And... And that became our focus in Brazil. So we, our first child was born in Brazil. We came back and we had our second child before we went to Venezuela. But I learned something that if you want to grow a church, you can't grow it with the youth. You have to grow it with families. The families, if you can think of the, the, the physical body, families are like the the. Um, you know, the, the, the backbone of the body, of the skeleton of the physical body. And the youth and the, and the youth ministry and the kids are like the hands and the feet. They sure do have a lot of energy, but they have to be directed and they have to be balanced with the life of the family. So the difference of ministry in Brazil with the Bible school to what we've been able to see and do God and see God do in Venezuela is that we purposely started the church in Venezuela looking for the family unit first, knowing that the families would draw other families. And boy, was that our reality. And boy, was that was just amazing to watch. Um, we started with families, little families, big families, and they started to draw other families without us even having to make a big deal of it. It's just families draw families, you know, and um, and that's how we. That was the big difference of of Brazil. We worked with a lot of youth and single uh, men and women, young adults in in Bible school. You know, pretty much university uh, style ministries. Uh, you know, on the run, on the go. Everybody's busy, and they're going to classes every night and working and and all those things. But um, and it was neat to see them get married and you know, and 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 follow with the, follow the Lord after you know getting married. All those things were great in Brazil. So we took all that experience and 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 really you know asked the Lord to lead us for Venezuela, where we decided not to go after the youth right away. And it took us about out of the ten years, it took us about four years to start getting youth in the church because we focus so much on the families with little kids. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So That's great. I, I don't know if that helped a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I want to also find out um, a little bit about your church, uh, or at least uh, Grace. Yeah. And the support that you have gotten from the church and uh, whatever you would want to share about how the church has been integral in your growth as a missionary and just as a servant of God. That's a good question. Um I really enjoy that question, um, I, and I kind of want to tie it to your first question when you asked me, how was it that I knew or came to a conclusion that I was, you know, called overseas? 
Um, and it was this, is that we learned how to do ministry in our own backyard. Meaning, okay. if someone thinks that or senses that they're being led to do overseas missions, they should be doing mission work here in their own country, wherever that country may be. Um, uh, Pastor Reverend Pat said that there's 300 countries connected to this broadcast. Whatever those 300 countries that the people are in, they need to find out where ministry can be done in their own backyard. And that's the, the example and the principle of Acts chapter 1, verse 8, because it says in Jerusalem first, right? Yes. And so yes. learning how to do ministry in your own Jerusalem is really what should be what should be a build up to um doing um missions work overseas. And so that leads me to this question that you asked about the local church, you know, Grace Community Church. Yeah. Um the new thing with them is that they have been a church that's been supporting us and they've been a church that helps us on a monthly basis, and um, we have seen not only them but other churches in the U.S. come and make visits. And a lot of the churches learn the big trick. If the country of Venezuela is in the Caribbean Ocean, and uh, when it's winter here, it's summer down there, uh, you can okay. almost guess when they like to make trips down to Venezuela. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it was great because, it, you know, you see all these um, folks, let's just say, you know, coming with bodies that are not tanned. <laughs> yeah. They don't have any tan on them, and and they come down, <laughs> and they get that Caribbean sun on them, and we're doing ministry, and we go to the beach, and we have a lot of fun with our church. You know, Venezuelans like to have fun and, and laugh and share and be together and... and um, don't say that you're going to have a party because you invite one and they invite 10 other people. <laughs> and so <laughs> you're like running, you know, you know, scurrying to the local bread store to buy more bread and, and sodas, you know. Um, yes. But that's the, that's the amazing dynamics of doing missions, um, you know, together with the people there. So, yeah, we have local uh, churches doing short-term missions for for eight to ten days. They would come down um, and visit with us and, and get involved in ministry. And some of them would bring down, like yourself, music and teach a music seminar. Others would do a women's ministry. Others would speak to the men. Uh, others love the youth program that we had. So they're in the parks with us doing volleyball and ping pong and then sharing something. One was a karate expert. So we did um, karate presentations in the middle of the park. So that drew crowds. And then of course we were able to preach the gospel to the people throughout all of this. So that is great. <laughs> it's pretty dynamic. It's pretty dynamic when you have short term missions groups coming down for eight to 10 days where you're just, you know, sharing the gospel and, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I got one of the friends there in Panama They're writing me um, That she wants me to talk to you about our The beach They have a beach house um, uh, An hour and a half outside of Caracas Called Chichirivichi That's the name of the town And her family has a beach house there So we would take these teams That would come from the US And take them to the beach house To spend the weekend and um, it was just awesome because they're right on the beach. The house is literally on the sand of the beach, and um, you just walk out to the ocean right there. The ocean puts you to sleep at night. And um, just amazing things, you know, just to watch it happen. Um, some of them, they open up, a, get a, a bed sheets and hang it from the top of the balcony and watch movies <laughs> right on the beach. It's just Lots of fun and, you know, lots of sharing. And, and those are beautiful times because you're in this big, you know, populated, intense city of Caracas. And then you take people out, you know, for an hour and a half outside of the city. And all of a sudden it's like, a wow, it's just like a release of the tension, you know, anxiety. And, and people open up and hearts are open and ministered to. And, and we would sing 
with a guitar on the beach and do devotionals and give testimonies and an amazing it's amazing what God can do in in just uh, um you know in just two days you know and and so God has been so faithful in that using that family and that beach house in such you know amazing ways so I praise the Lord for that family and and um they're listening right now by the way and um, wonderful and I just thank God for their lives and and how they've opened up so many doors of opportunities to minister to their friends and to their neighbors and and it was just amazing. They opened up their house for eight years so we could do a Bible study. Every Wednesday night we would bombard their house and uh, they would invite friends and family over and, and um, we started small with about two people and by the end of the eight years we had 20 people coming out to the Bible study. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah. The only, you know, it, the only it, tough part, the only tough part with Bible studies in, in Venezuela is that you finish at nine, but you don't really leave the apartment or the house until ten because everybody <laughs> just loves to talk and chat. <laughs> yes, I call those moments um, after the benediction. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and you they're know, the best moments, right? Absolutely, and and and, and let me share just for a moment. Um, uh, not just a Bible study, but um, from a, a, the vantage point of a musician, sometimes the best praise and worship happens after the benediction, and and right. you're just sitting there, and you're just still, you know, you're still uh, just feeling the presence of the Lord, and you're just able to express that uh, via your instrument or your your voice, and it's just a beautiful thing. And just, you know, uh, as the congregants are uh, having conversations and talking about the service and talking about the Lord, and you're right, it's just a, a great thing. And uh, yeah. and trust me, uh, it doesn't change whether you're uh, in the central South American side of the world or if you're in the continent of Africa, some of the greatest times that I've had have been after the official service. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Yeah, Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, Pastor Adam, I'm going to do this. Um, I'm going to take a short break and okay. just to get some announcements out. And then on the other side, I have a few more questions to ask you. And I'm, I'm, I can't wait to ask them. So hang on just for a moment, and we're going to let uh, the station identification break take place now. Oh, yes, perfect. Praise the Lord. We want to invite you to listen to His Abounding Grace with Minister Vanessa Williams, Tuesday at 7 p.m. Challenge to Change with Pastor Paul Morgan every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Declaring the Finished Work with Reverend Pat Randall every Thursday at 12 noon. Friday Night Joy with Reverend Ray and Prince every Friday at 7 p.m. The Bread of Life with Reverend Ray every Sunday at 7 p.m. Our monthly broadcast is as follows. The Alabaster Box with Prophet Carla R. Johnson, every fourth Saturday at 7 p.m. Lifeline with Apostle Shirley Jones, as every first Monday at 7 p.m. When Christians Speak Talk Radio welcomes Evangelist Lewis McElwain. He's hosting a program called Adoration. It's every third Monday of the month at 7 p.m. Midday Glory Prayer with Reverend Gwen Dixon is every Wednesday at 12 noon. The dialing number for that particular show is 641-715-3580. The access code is 732-499. This is a conference call prayer. Amen. Again, Midday Glory Prayer with Reverend Gwen Dixon every Wednesday at 12 noon. The dialing number is 641 641- 715-3580 The SS code is 732-499 
Christian Speak Talk Radio is a non-profit ministry. We are dedicated to spreading the gospel of Jesus through our programs and special guests. We exist through the generous support of our listeners. If you are being blessed through this ministry and would like to give a love offering, go to our website and click on our donation page. Your donation will be processed through PayPal. Our prayer is that you may prosper, be in good health, even as your soul Welcome back to Adoration. Again, I had the pleasure of being able to speak to my brother, my friend, Pastor Adam Nathanson. And, you know, Pastor Adam, as we continue on and as we discuss even before tonight's broadcast, um, there are not enough minutes in the hour to be able to cover all the things that we could uh, talk about. Right. So I want to do this, and I'm going to put you on the spot just a little bit because there's two things that I want you to do for me and for our audience. The first thing is, is that you have an event that's coming up in June. And I want to give you an opportunity to share about that event. And then after you share about that event with the time that we have remaining, um, I want you, and you can do this uh, in English or in Spanish, however you are led, uh, to just encourage our listenership tonight uh, because we don't know the circumstances that people are in, in their spiritual walk, even in their natural walk, and we don't want to assume that everybody that's listening has a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is an opportunity to share your ministry as far as the event and then to share your heart that those who don't know the Lord will come to know the Lord, and those who are just in need of prayer and encouragement know that they are never alone, that the Lord neither uh, forgets them nor forsakes them. That's correct. Um, Thank you so much once again, uh, Brother Mac, for inviting uh, me and my family is listening, by the way, in another room uh, to this interview. Thank you for inviting us as a family missionary team to Venezuela. Um, We, our family, we, 11 years ago, we decided to go to Venezuela, and a friend of mine in Venezuela gave us this idea of um, having an event once a year. Um, In the case of my friend, it was a barbecue. In this case, we ended up doing a banquet, a full-scale banquet, uh, thanks to a beautiful church uh, here in Baltimore, donating the space and and the facilities. Um, So on June 11, 2016, from 4 to 6, we are going to have our missions, Latin American missions banquet. Um, This missions banquet, we will um, have as a showcase the work that God is doing in Venezuela and, and what the Lord has been doing throughout the year. And uh, for those that don't, do not know what's happening in Venezuela, I'd like to ask you for special prayers for the country of Venezuela and for the government. Um, it's going through a tough social and economic time right now. Um, you know, we think the situation here is tough where the elections process has gotten really sticky with Democrats and Republicans, um, but the system down there is just, has just has gone to um, other other levels of intensity, and um, it's just very chaotic, out of control. Um, and I just want to ask everyone to pray for the country of Venezuela. For those, especially in the Baltimore area, that would like to come, I don't know if they they can get a hold of you, uh, Brother Mac, through this program. 
um, and they're welcome to connect with you, and then we can connect them to um, the event. But we'd like to invite you all who are listening, who'd like to be involved in missions, you'd like to meet us or talk to other people from other countries that will be represented. Um, we do have other Venezuelans coming and um, we just invite you, those who have a like-minded faith, to reach out to the world, to reach the gospel is to be given to all the world, to those who have never heard. Um, and we, we count it a privilege to be able to be one of the instruments that God uses to, to get the word out. And uh, we thank God for the local churches that come and support this event on June 11th. Praise and so God. that's the first part. I don't know, Brother Mac, if people, if they contact you, can can they contact you and then be able to be invited officially uh, through you? Absolutely. Um, that's why I was going to uh, stop you just for a moment. So okay. uh, absolutely, for those of you all who are interested, um, you can reach out through me uh, if you send an email to Thirst. No more two two at yahoo dot com. Again, that's thirst no more two two at yahoo dot com. And that's I great. will make sure that um you know we uh watch out uh for any emails that are you know, expressing an interest in attending. And just for the record, your host tonight, yours truly, will also be there. Um, yes. At, <laughs> so I am <laughs> looking forward to that. In fact, I think it's a perfect setup uh, for me to attend your event um, as I prepare to go to Guatemala uh, just a few days afterwards. Yeah, that's so exciting, Brother Mac, to not only hear you hosting and, and ministering here uh, in the States, but also knowing that you have such a heart of fulfilling Acts chapter 1, verse 8, where you want to reach into the next region. And in, in this case, it's the region and country of Guatemala. May the Lord bless you and, um, and the work uh, that you're going to be doing there. Um, with Sister Myra, correct? That is correct, uh, Sister Myra yep. Smith. Yep. And um, I cannot tell you how excited we are for the opportunity. And I want to thank you uh, personally just for the encouragement because many times people just think that, you know, just because we are on the go and going to various parts of the world that, you know, we've got everything together, but my goodness, we need prayer at all times just to be encouraged because you know just as I know that things never work out as planned, but they are always perfect through Christ who strengthens us. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. we, uh, we need all the encouragement we can get. We know it's a spiritual warfare and that we cannot fight this battle with our strength. Um, but we fight this battle trusting in the Lord. And um, I just want to share with the people that are listening, Brother Mac, Psalms 23. Yes. And it, and it talks about the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of a shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I just want to share with people who maybe are listening that never really heard the good news of Jesus Christ. But I want to tell you, there is a Lord, and he is the shepherd of our souls, and he loves you very much. In this moment, maybe in your life, you're broken, and you're sad, and you 
have no direction and you need to be restored to the Lord. He wants to restore your soul and he wants to build you up and he wants to encourage you to walk down paths of righteousness. And, um, and maybe you're in the shadow of the valley of death. Maybe you're in a uh, mixed up with the wrong crowd and maybe you're in the cell. Maybe you're on a deathbed in a hospital somewhere. I don't know where you may be, but the Lord loves you. He's our shepherd. He wants to shepherd you, and he wants to lead you with his rod and his staff. He'll comfort you, and he'll bless you in the presence of your enemies. This is the God that we serve. He's a big God. He's a loving God, and he's a God that has your name written on his palm. Could you accept him? Could you receive that righteousness and that grace and that mercy? Would you be that person today, tonight, depending on what side of the globe you are on right now? Could you be that person by faith to receive him in your heart and say, Yes, Lord, I want you to be my shepherd. Shepherd my soul and restore my soul and lead me your path. Help me to walk through these valleys of sorrow, valley of death, and help me to see your presence before my enemies. So I want to just share with everyone that God is a good God, loving God, and he wants to minister to you, help you, wherever you may be, in whatever circumstance you find yourself. He's the Shepherd of our souls This is why we serve him This is why we love him Because he first Loved us And all we do is respond back With the love that he's already given us So I thank you For this time together With this uh, beautiful outreach Sharing Thank you for listening to us Just regular people That love the Lord And uh, we thank God for the work that he's doing worldwide. So we want to give all the glory and all the praise to the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Adam. We have truly been blessed by your presence this evening and to all those who are out there and who have heard we love you and we praise God for you be encouraged because we have a savior who has overcome the world and so if he can overcome the world we can also overcome it with him God bless you all and good night good night amen We invite you to join us every Tuesday at 7 p.m. for His Abounding Grace with Minister Vanessa Williams. On Wednesdays at 7 p.m., Challenge to Change, where real transformation begins with you. That's with Pastor Paul Morgan of Chosen Generation Ministries in Richmond, Virginia. On Thursdays, live at 12 noon, join Reverend Pat Randall for Declaring the Finished Work. Reverend Ray and friends are here on Friday nights at 7 p.m. with the joy of the Lord on Friday Night Joy. Sundays at 7 p.m., join Reverend Ray for Bread of Life. And don't forget our monthly broadcast. The first Mondays of every month, join Apostle Shirley Jones for Lifeline at 7 p.m. And on every third Monday of the month, Join Evangelist Louis McElwain for adoration at 7 p.m. Every fourth Saturday of the month, Alabaster Box at 7 p.m. with Prophetess Carla Johnson. You're listening to When Christians Speak Talk Radio, a platform for Christians to talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ missions, and other topics related to Christian living and services to the community. The views, opinions, and positions expressed by hosts 
and or guest speakers on any given broadcast does not necessarily reflect or represent the views, opinion, and or official position of When Christians Speak Talk Radio.